What's going on, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager and host of Kings of the Rings podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, it does not get any realer than this. You are listening to the Young Lions Perspective podcast hosted by Mr. YLP himself, exclusively on WrestleAddict Radio, the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. It is very rare, as most of you may know from listening to the YLP podcast for any length of time, that when any episode of the podcast starts with silence, more often than not, it actually is because a rant is usually incoming. In the case of today's episode... This will not be that case. This is actually the first time in the history of the YLP podcast that I have started this episode with five seconds of silence because of the fact that we lost two big names in the world of professional wrestling this past week. So, bear with me as I try to get through this segment. Um, As far as the news of the week goes... I have decided, and I've made an executive decision while I was at work today, and of course, having rolled my ankle a little bit, I'm okay. I got my uh, my brace on, and uh, you know, I will take care of that as I need to. But we lost two big names. As I was saying before, in the world of professional wrestling, those two men being Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt. For most of us, death is very hard to deal with. I can attest to that. I have lost my uh, aunt and uncle, and actually my aunt, my uncle, and my father all to cancer. My aunt and uncle, I was eight, and for my father, two years ago. Actually, it'll be two years ago this October. So, it's one thing to lose family, but as a professional wrestling fan as well, to find out the news that two names, the likes of Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk, have passed away, I'm sure, hit the entire pro-wrestling industry and sent shockwaves throughout it. I can still remember when Terry Funk won the ECW World Championship. Barely legal, 1997. I remember this actually because of the clip I saw yesterday on Instagram um, showing the match he had, I'm trying to think of, I know it was Stevie Richards, Stevie Richards and the Sandman, and Terry Funk vying for, to become the number one contender for the ECW championship, which was literally the co and, uh, which was, it might as well have just been a main event all of itself, 
Because this after the match was over, the winner of that match would have to face Raven immediately after with the ECW World Championship on the line. That was my first viewing of Terry Funk in my entire life. Um, I found out about uh, him and uh, Chainsaw Charlie uh, many moons after teaming up with Cactus Jack, and that was a great time in uh, the Attitude Era, facing off against the New Age Outlaws. <laughs> the dumpster. Oh, my God. But Barely Legal 97 was the first legitimate time I had seen Terry Funk like actually wrestle. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I remember that match well because of the storyline with Ravens Reign of Terror as uh, ECW World Champion at the time. And... I still remember the call like it was yesterday, and Joey Styles was basically, you know, trying to like stop, like stop the match, and you know, because Terry Funk was just so got beat the hell up. I mean, man was bloodied, but Tommy Dreamer came in, came in uh, to attack Raven, um, went for the pin, got the two count. Raven tried to get over, tried to do, tried to make a move. Uh, Funk caught him in a schoolboy, got the three count, and became ECW World Champion. Um, I loved, A, I loved that pay-per-view, fucking fantastic, and I loved the ending to that pay-per-view, because literally they had, they, the way they crafted the match itself was tailor-made for you to root for Terry Funk, from begin, from the number one contenders match against Stevie Richards and Sandman, to when he became the ECW world champion. He would lose the title soon after, though. Um, but for that, at least in that brief, I believe, also, Bailey Legal was, uh, 97 was, I believe, ECW's first pay-per-view, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm wrong, please let me know with a voice message. Um, at podcasters.spotify.com slash online's perspective, or at podcasters.spotify.com slash radio. Or you can send me an email at younglinesperspective at gmail.com and tell me your stories of Terry Funk and all that good stuff. I would love to actually read those for a future episode. I really would. And seeing that, I was rooting for Terry the whole way. Like, I think it was halfway through the number one contenders match where I was just like, Terry's got to win this. I mean, yeah, Sandman versus Raven, great stuff. Stevie Richard versus Raven for sake of the feud between the two, makes sense. But then I, you know... Start seeing him in a couple more, in a little bit more programs. Not like fully diving deep into the rabbit hole that is Terry Funk, although that came out of pretty pretty weird and pause for uh, for saying so. But um, <laughs> actually, no. On a day like today, we're just gonna keep we're just gonna keep her alive. Fuck it. Terry Funk was a special motherfucker in the world of professional wrestling, and I have the article here, of course, from MSN.com. Let's get into a little bit of news of the week, at least. WWE legend Terry Funk has died at the age of 79, and the wrestling promotion confirmed on Wednesday. Funk was widely, widely regarded as one of the greatest professional wrestlers in the history of the sport. His storied career spanned several decades, starting in 1965 until he stepped away in 2017. His influence impacted multiple generations. He was part of several wrestling promotions, including Western State Sports. Coming in. Hold, please. There you go. 
Mr. YLP Jr. has made his weekly appearance on the show. Hi guys, Milo here. Just joining Dad for the episode. Apparently it's supposed to be very tear-jerky, but I'm just going to lay here and listen to Dad. Fair enough. Anyway, getting back into the article. He was part of several wrestling promotions, including Western State Sports. Terry's father, Dory Funk, ran the Western State Sports promotion, which is where star Terry started his career. Terry's longtime friend and alternating in-ring rival and partner make Foley paid tribute to the late wrestler on social media, saying, quote, Terry Funk is gone. I just talked to Terry's daughter, Brandy, who gave me the awful news. He was my mentor, my idol, one of the closest friends. He was the greatest wrestler I ever saw. That he wrote on Twitter, and I actually saw that post, and it was really nice to see those two. Fully encouraged Terry's fans to watch old videos of Terry in the ring, which... Definitely. He says, quote, If you get the chance, look up a Terry Funk match or a Terry Funk promo, and give thanks that this incredible man gave so much, for so long, to so many. There will never be another like him. May God bless Terry, his friends, family, and all who loved him. Rest in peace, my dear friend. It was an honor to know you. End quote. Wrestling icon Ric Flair also acknowledged Terry's passing on Wednesday, saying, quote, in my entire life, I've never met a guy who worked harder. Terry Funk was a great wrestler, entertainer, unbelievably fearless, and a great friend. Rest in peace, my friend, Terry Funk, knowing that no one will ever replace you in the world of professional wrestling. Funk rose to prominence in 1975 where he, when he defeated Jack Briscoe to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. He would hold the title for more than a year before Holly Race ended his reign. Typical. Funk became well-known for his rough-and-rugged style brawls. He had a famous rivalry with Jerry Lawler that prompted a now-iconic match in front of an empty arena. Hmm, did not know that. Did not know they invented the empty arena match. Pretty sweet. Of course, WWE extended their condolences to Funk's family, friends and fans. Uh, they said in a social media post, uh, Funk had, product had productive stints in All Japan Pro Wrestling, WWE, WCW, and ECW. He also made his way to the silver screen, appearing in multiple films, including Over the Top and Roadhouse. I have never seen Roadhouse. I'm not sure if I still want to watch Roadhouse, but it's pretty cool that Terry Funk was in a movie. He was, of course, inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame in 2009. Terry Funk is just a true legend of the sport. I mean, what? It's okay. You're fine. You're fine, Bubba. Just relax. Plots. You can lay down, it's okay. You're safe. He's just sitting there looking at me like, I don't believe you, Dad. I'm right here, Bub. You're okay. I'm going to keep reading. I'm going to keep talking, okay? I know what. Come here. Want some pets? Terry Funk, uh, like I said, was like a straight up legend of the game and a fantastic wrestler who I've seen a few times. Like, not really live, but going back to see, like, old, like, Attitude Era shows with him and, and Cactus Jack and the rivalry of New, New Age Outlaws was just fun to watch. And as for someone like me, as a kid, watching that, growing up in that, it was just pretty cool to see Terry Funk. I mean, my first two instances, like I said, my first two instances was seeing him win the ECW World Title. But, you know, going back and seeing him, now, I mean, I've never seen his NWA stuff, but... It's pretty cool to see, you know, that his career expanded, like, literally multiple generations of fans. Like, at least two, three generations know about Terry Funk. Starting in 65, ended in 
2017? Yeah, that's about like two, three good generations of like people. What? Oh, you want to go out? Forgetting the fact Daddy has a bum ankle. <laughs> Either way, my apologies. There we go. Not trying to bust my own head wide open with these with these wires. Anyway, Terry Funk is a hell of a talent. I mean, I still I would I would, I would it would be foolish of me not to go back and check out his NWA stuff. I think that's the little bit of what I haven't seen um, from him and his WCW stuff too. I probably haven't seen that either. And it would be foolish of me not to go back and see it and check out his old stuff and see how he was getting down before he became Terry fucking Funk. It is, it was an honor to watch him and to see him and to see fans just be so, it, it's the thing, the thing is like, with guys like Terry Funk, and we'll talk about uh, Bray Wyatt in, in a little bit, is that he was beloved, as Bray Wyatt was as well. But Terry Funk was beloved by fans all over the world. Like, it's like one of those movies that are cult classics that every time you watch it, you always see something like different about the movie. But you love the movie nonetheless because it's just that damn good. But since the, you know, the mainstream didn't accept it, but we did, that's what makes it that much better. They didn't get the content. But Terry Funk was just one of a kind. Like Ric Flair said, there is, there is never going to be another man like him. There's never going to be another Terry Funk. You can't recreate it. You know. Kind of like when you're, you know, when you're trying to redo Goldberg's undefeated streak. You can't redo it. Impossible. Flat out Impossible. To, it's it was a, it was it sent shockwaves when I found out Terry Funk passed away. It's like it's like one of those guys <laughs> that you can just be behind one hundred percent. Hell of a talent, and I really want to go see his like Japanese shit now in AJPW because for some of you that may not know, I am a huge. New Japan, dude, I am a stand for it. I love it. I think it's just fantastic. And knowing that the legends of the game have also gone to Japan, like Terry Funk, like Hogan and Vader and all them, and ha and do well in Japan, knowing the style is completely different and knowing that they have to show up and show out. I mean, Terry Funk would show up and show out like it's his day job because, honestly, it was. Terry Funk was one of a kind. Now, knowing that, uh, it's, a, like, it's like one of those things, like, you know, we have things going on, you want to check out the old stuff, but you never really have the time, and it's just like, you know what, you know, let's appreciate them. And, and, and I believe uh, in our Discord chat, um, a couple of us were chatting about, you know, Terry Funk passing away, and actually, no, that's the guy I'm about to talk about in a moment, but I'm uh, encouraging every one of us, including myself, to check out the old stuff, check out his, like, stuff, so we can appreciate and love and see why Terry Funk was one of the greatest to ever do it. He's a Hall of Famer for a reason. So, that's just something that we need to all understand and appreciate, and that a talent like, you know, 
Terry Funk was in our lives, and we are have been blessed to actually see the talent that is Terry Funk. But also, we found out a couple days later, because Terry Funk had passed on Wednesday, and we found out yeah, a couple of days ago, I believe it was the next day, on Thursday, that Bray Wyatt passed away at the age of 36. I would say between, I mean, I don't want to be like negative and kind of have any negative connotations when I say this. And I mean, none of it in that manner. But between the two, Wyatt hit harder. Because of the fact that, you know, and it's just like no disrespect to Terry Funk, I know more about Bray Wyatt than I do Terry Funk. And that's on me to not understand the history of one that is Terry Funk, but, you know, Bray Wyatt was more prominent in my life, more so than Terry Funk was. But I'm not going to take anything away from Funk's legacy. That's not what we're here to do. Not in this case, anyway. Bray Wyatt hit harder because it was a, a guy that was, was a, like Funk, beloved by the world. Not in the fashion that Funk is. And we're not trying to, and I'm not doing comparisons, but, you know, with Funk, it's Funk. You get it. With Wyatt, this was a man who was also beloved by many. Loved by all. And one man I say, at least in my opinion, that I believe was one of the many talents around the time that he came up to the main roster was not really given his just due. But we can at least say Bray Wyatt was one of those, was one of those guys that was a mind and character of his own. I'm a huge, I've always, always will be a fan of the Wyatt family and their feud with the shield, which not only made the shield, the shield, but made the Wyatt family, the Wyatt family. And one of the best minds of my generation. I've been seeing it all over the social media, Instagram, Twitter, and all that. And just seeing, and, and the one common thing that I've seen about Bray Wyatt, one of the greatest minds in this business. One of the best minds in this business. And I have to agree, 100%. Bray Wyatt is a character, the likes of which we will probably never see again. The same Terry Funk that Terry Funk was. I mean, the man had comparisons to The Undertaker. And honestly, if I'm being brutally honest, as someone who believes that Brock Lesnar shouldn't have been the one to end the streak, I do respect the move, but if there was anyone that should have been that one in 21 and one, in my opinion, Bray Wyatt would probably be tops now over John Cena. And 
all that stuff. Because it, to me, it would have just been a simple passing of the torch moment. And in my personal opinion, should have been not only break, break, Bray Wyatt breaking the streak, but also retiring The Undertaker. And that would have been some booking for your ass right there. I'm not going to lie. But let's read over at popculture.com and see what they have to say. From Brian Jones, by the way. Bray Wyatt, a popular WWE superstar who won the world title three times, died on Thursday. He was 36 years old. The cause of death was not announced. At the time of this writing, it was not announced, but now we know that he did pass away of a heart attack um, due to COVID. So, just want to put that there. But uh, Triple H did confirm the news on on uh, Twitter, saying, quote, just received a call from WWE Hall of Famer Mike Rotunda, who informed us of the tragic news that our WWE family member for life, Wyndham Rotunda, also known as Bray Wyatt, unexpectedly passed earlier today. Triple H wrote, Our thoughts are with his family, and we ask that everyone respect their privacy at this time. So when we found out about exactly what had happened, Sean Ross Sapp, shout out to Sean Ross Sapp, getting permission from the family themselves to let us know that he did pass away from a heart attack due to COVID complications. Uh, several pro wrestling stars, of course, reacted to the news. Uh, Matt Hardy saying, quote, I'm absolutely shattered to learn that my friend Wyndham Rotunda has passed away. It's devastating to think he left us at only 36 years young. My condolences go out to his family, wife, and children. I'm so sorry, my compere. Compere. I miss you already. End quote. Biggie wrote, quote, man, the first dude that took me under his wing when I got signed in 2009. We spent so much of our adult lives together, praying for JoJo, praying for his kids. I will miss your laugh and your boyish charm, my friend. Goodbye, Wyndham. End quote. Wrestling picks and clips, of course, um, on Twitter. And I think I just saw this earlier uh, before I hit record button today. Quote, one of the greatest minds in wrestling. I was so happy when he won the WWE Championship. Felt like he got what he rightfully deserved. We will miss you, Bray Wyatt. 2017. Around that time. And I remember that match very well. I love that match, and I love that Wyatt had won it. Hated the way they lost it, but we ain't going to talk about that right now. Article goes on to say, Wyatt joined WWE in 2009, competing in the developmental territory Florida Championship Wrestling. He then made the move to NXT in 2010 under the name Husky Harris. Ah. <laughs> to think I did not enjoy Husky Harris. Nothing about, because, wait, if I'm not mistaken, there was also a uh, Skip Sheffield, a.k.a. Ryback, a.k.a. many people don't like him, <laughs> but Husky Harris wasn't messing with it. Even in 2010, I was what? Damn. Do math. Yeah, I was 22. Yeah, Husky Harris was a, yeah. But later that year, he was called up to the main roster as part of Nexus. Yes. I forgot that he was, he was, hmm. It wasn't, I mean, yikes. 
Anyway, in 2012, Wyatt returned to FCW, where he would be repackaged as the Wyatt Family character and would return to the main roster later that year. Then we'd be joined by Eric Rowan and the late Luke Harper, also known as Brody Lee. Excuse me. Wyatt would continue his character for a few years before being repackaged as The Fiend in 2019. He would dominate opponents as The Fiend for a couple of years before being released by the company on July 31st, 2021. Yeah. We ain't talking about that right now. Wyatt would return to WWE in October 2022 and would feud with LA Knight. Yeah. He was set to take on Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania 39 in April of this year, but the storyline with Lashley was dropped. And Wyatt disappeared from television as he was reportedly dealing with a real-life injury. In Wyatt's WWE career, he won the WWE Championship once, Elimination Chamber 2017, the Universal Championship twice. Completely forgot he had that belt. Damn. Oh, wait. Braun Strowman viewed with Braun Strowman and before SummerSlam, due to SummerSlam, before Roman Reigns became... Him and then took title a week later at Payback. That was just a weird moment, but you know, pandemic we ball. Um, holy shit, damn. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, we were. But he also uh, was uh, won the Raw Tag Team Championship with uh, Matt Hardy and the SmackDown Tag Team Championship with Harper and Randy Orton. That triple threat would have just been banger. But Wyatt comes from a professional wrestling family. Of course, his father, uh, Mike Rotundo, computed as uh, Erin R. Scheister, a.k.a. IRS, in WWE. And his uh, uncles are Barry and Kendall Wyndham. Of course, Wyatt's brother is uh, former WWE superstar Bo Dallas. Grandfather is the late Black Jack Mulligan. And was engaged to former WWE announcer JoJo. And they had two cheering together. You know, the, I mean, Bray Wyatt, man was just just a he was just one of those guys that I just instantly just enjoy enjoyed watching and honestly and, and of course you know I'm I'm just going to be you know biased a little bit but he, I mean, he could have been one of the top guys in the company. If WWE really seriously took the time to actually understand who Bray Wyatt was, the character, the man, what he could, you know, him and his boys, you know, Luke, you know, Luke Harper, rest in peace as well, um, to, and, and, you know, Eric Rowan, and they could have just been big. Add in Braun Strowman, and if they decided to make them just a, stable, a dominant stable, for, you know, until, you know, somebody turned on somebody in the group, you know, it really be like that sometimes. Um, but it was one of those things where Bray Wyatt was just that damn good. He had it in his blood. And upon hearing about his real life, you know, complications and injuries and all that stuff and not knowing what was going on and thinking like, yo, and then finally, you know, the whole course, you had the thing with Lashley, but I didn't, you know, and then you've seen bits and pieces that come with it, like Eric Young, you know, saying that, and you know, talking about, you know, he was going to be a bit of part of that group with Alexa Bliss, Bo Dallas, and all that. And, you know, really seeing how, you know, Bray Wyatt was, and honestly, man, Just thinking about his feuds with, you know, 
Randy Orton. Not for happy reasons, um, unfortunately. But um, being able to see him with the you know the Wyatt family versus the Shield, which really made all six of them in WWE. Shield were made became made men. Bray Wyatt and his boys also should have been made men as well, at least in an upper mid card main event sense. You know, even though we hate that he lost to Goldberg, we ball regardless. But to me, Bray Wyatt was one of my all time favorites to watch and just see and enjoy and just take in his you know. His character, his aura, who he was. Even before he became the Fiend, I already was a fan of him. When he won the WWE Championship in 2017, I went ballistic for it. Because A, I didn't want to see John Cena win that shit anyway. Um, and for him to pin AJ Styles, for Cena to get eliminated second to last and then Styles be the one to take the, take the fall for Bray, I'm happy with. But we all know what happened after that and that was just a very wasted uh, wasted opportunity in terms of booking for him and that's kind of what it was with him start stop but you know neither here nor there but Bray Wyatt was it you can't buy it you can't as Dusty Rhodes said you can't buy it. You can't get it from anywhere. Paraphrasing, of course. You have to have it. Bray Wyatt was it for me. At least in my opinion, he was it. Of course, like many talents that I am a fan of, I wanted the best for him. And to find out, you know, that he had what was going on and we knew nothing and we were hoping for, you know, something to happen and him for him to be at WrestleMania and face Bobby Lashley, hopefully win, I would have picked him to win nonetheless. But for him to become the Bray Wyatt that we know they could be and to think that as well, you know, under the tutelage and creativity of Triple H, I know Bray Wyatt would have been something special. We all know that. Under the, under the wing, creative wing that is Triple H. Had he come back? I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about his return to the company. And it just hits so much. I feel very, very bad for Jojo at this moment and their two children. His entire family. I've seen the stuff on social media and it is just love for both men. Honestly. Again, like I've said, when you lose someone in your life, it does hit hard. It will always hit hard. But as pro wrestling fans, we take that, most of us who have been watching it like I have since I was eight years old, I take it very seriously. And I always want to ensure that, you know, anytime a wrestler is going to be competing on a certain car that I am, you know, interested in watching and such, you know, I always want to make sure they at least come out close to one as 100% as they did when they came in. And entrance and all that stuff. Bray Wyatt was something special. His entrance alone, before he became the Fiend, his entrance was something special. The Fireflies, man. 
That's the type of thing that's truly organic. That we loved. And then when he came back as The Fiend, I was all for it. It was something different. He was different. You don't see that in WWE as much. Bray Wyatt was just wow. As far as I know, that was a, uh, I believe it was a Bray Wyatt tribute episode for SmackDown. Smart. Uh, I believe on Peacock now you can, there's a whole section for Bray Wyatt on his like past matches. And from what I've heard from uh, Nate and Fretz, damn, I almost forgot his name. Fretz on the, on the Discord chat, which you can go over to at uh, Addict Wrestle on Twitter. And click on the uh, link tree there. Get the invite from our team general manager, King Ricky Rose. And he will give you the love and all the good stuff, pomp and circumstance, as you enter our Discord. And we can have chats like this. And I encourage everyone to go check out those sections. I will do as well, more than likely. I mean, it's a rainy, well, as of this recording, it's a rainy Friday here in uh, Colorado. And one we've needed actually for a while because we had a heat wave. But, um,. I am just thankful as a professional wrestling fan and a professional wrestling podcaster to have watched not only his ascent into WWE and thank God they repackaged his ass because Husky Harris wasn't going to work, but Bray Wyatt did. And at least, and thankful to watch see Mauro Ronaldo making the call as Bray Wyatt became WWE champion, by the way. So yeah, one time for Mauro Ronaldo making the call. The right man to have made that call. During that time period. And SmackDown Live was lit. And. I know we're all going to have those moments of what could have been with Bray Wyatt. But hey. He still had some bangers. He did. And he, we all know he has a, a few bangers in his pocket. Um, but yeah, I know Bray Wyatt's family is hurting and my condolences do go out to the Funks and the Rotundas, two legendary families of the game, by the way, you know what I'm saying? That's crazy. I think it just hurt, hurts to know that, you know, we lost a, we lost a couple good ones. And as a pro wrestling fan, we're going to miss every single one of them every time this happens. I did see, uh, before I hit record today, uh, Jericho shouting out um, Bray one time. When he was performing, I believe it probably was uh, Friday night, or Thursday night, I should say, in London before All In. Now he's going to take on Will Ospreay, which still boggles my mind nonetheless. We'll talk about that in uh, just a little bit. But for, but for us as fans, I, I mean, I'm 35, so I've seen a bit of both men, you know, it's tough to see them pass. I mean, whether it be old age due to complications or as young as 36, I mean, I'm 35. So hearing about that, knowing we were close in age, just kind of like, holy shit. And yes, I'm 35. Okay. I'm old. 
as some of you youngins will call it, whatever. Yeah, I got gray hair, deal with it. But, um, I mean, damn. Two beloved names of the game. Terry Funk, Bray Wyatt, you will be missed. You were loved by many, enjoyed by all, and you will never be forgotten. At least in the YLP realm, your name will be sung through the realm forever. That's a promise that I am willing to accept for you, my man. Same with you, Terry. A legend of the game in your own, a true living, a true legend of the game. And it's just crazy to think of this, this very moment, you know, I'm thinking about like why, like, like why it's come back, like how I would have done it. But like right now, we ain't going to talk about that. Let's celebrate both men. As of this moment on, let us embrace them. Let us embrace the what they d- had done to entertain us for years. In the case of Terry Funk, decades. And I think, yeah, when I'm sad about a decade or had a decade about so, decade or so in the game. WWE wise at least. Yeah, well, about a decade close to a decade and a half. And I know I'm trying not to like think of what could have been for Bray, but it's 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 you know it's one of those things where it's like you can think about it. But we can you know that's nothing we need to talk about until a later time. But I'm gonna end it with this: Bray Wyatt, Terry Funk. From the bottom of my heart, and on at least behalf of the WrestleLadic Radio family, we send our condolences, our love, our prayers, our thoughts, our feelings, emotions, and everything else we have within ourselves. We extend that to the Rotundas and the Funks. Thank you for entertaining us. Thank you for putting your blood, literal blood, sweat, and tears on the line to entertain people like me who enjoy professional wrestling the way that it was meant to be. At least in my opinion. Thank you for your, your matches, your feuds, your promos. And damn, they had some promos. Thank you. For Terry, for Bray. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. What is going on, folks? This is Mr. Fretz from the Fretzelmania podcast, and you are listening to the Stephen A. Smith of Wrestle Attic Radio, Zach of the Young Lions Perspective, and unlike Stephen A., I'm here to tell you that we care. Hello, everyone. 
I invite you to hold on to your butts every Tuesday as I, the impact player of WrestleLack Radio, Nate, the effing great, take you on a journey with the Brace for Impact podcast, where I talk about the events as well as the moments that really made wrestling an impactful and long-lasting sports throughout the years. Talking about TNA, Ring of Honor, WWE, maybe a little bit of AEW here, there as well. Every Tuesday, Nate the Effing Great, myself, will be covering all of that and more. Definitely tune into that every Tuesday for the Brace for Impact podcast on WrestleAddict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. It's such good shit. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the main eventual segment. Episode 376 of the YLP podcast. No mid-card segment going down this week in honor of Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt. I hope you guys enjoyed my little off-the-top monologue about both men. And we'll try our very best to transition into our preview and predictions for AEW All In live tomorrow night or depending on where you are in the world probably the, well for me it'll probably be I think 11am Mountain Standard Time and ever since they announced AEW All In was going to take place in Wembley Stadium. I mean, this is four years in the making for AEW. Let's go back a little bit. Twenty nineteen. On Twitter, of course. Dave Meltzer was asked. I remember correctly. Would there ever be an indie company, something of that nature, that would sell out a huge arena? I think think it was MSG, but I'm not too sure. Dave Meltzer replied, I don't think that will actually happen. To that effect, of course. Cody Rhodes then retweeted Dave Meltzer's tweet and said, I'll take you up on that bet. September 2018, I should say. 2018, my apologies. Months later, after that tweet, all in went down in the Sears Center Arena at the time in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. It was the first 
non-WWE or WCW promoted a professional wrestling event in the United States to sell 10,000 tickets since 1993. After that show, which was an absolute amazing show, may I add, months later, not even what? Not even four months later, AEW was born. Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, Young Bucks. Add in Tony Khan. And we got AEW Wrestling soon after. And ever since then, we've been wanting to see an all-in ever since. But we also know that we wanted to see AEW in the UK. I mean, it was something that the fans were definitely clamoring for and something that many professional wrestling fans have been wanting to see for quite some time. Now, according to Wikipedia, 2020 Fighter Fest was actually supposed to be the first show that would take place in the UK. But... Of course, the pandemic decided to say, fuck y'all, and that scrapped all of that. Now, this is the, uh, according to Wikipedia, this is going to be the first event for wrestling to be held at present-day Wembley Stadium. First time in 30 years, we are going to see a UK show in Wembley. Now, of course, we all know back in 92, WWE had the original show in the UK, but it was in the original Wembley Stadium, not in this new iteration of the Wembley Stadium. So in essence, technically, this is the first time in 30 years we've actually had that. WWE can say it's the first time in 30 years they had a show in the UK. AEW had the honor of saying this is the first time in 30 years they had a, a professional wrestling show in Wembley. Take with that what you will. Also, this is the 100th anniversary of Wembley Stadium, so this is a very huge event as well. And to think that this show literally was poo-pooed by many oh they're not going to sell out oh they're not going to put on a good show with this they're going to fail same thing that happened when AEW started as when people were saying they're nothing more than a t-shirt company well that t-shirt company is about to literally in 24 hours time going to be in Wembley Stadium the first professional wrestling show in Wembley in 30 years. The last time they had they had one, I was four, four years old. 
no, 35. Here we are. The numbers themselves were insane. Tickets went on sale May 5th. 36,000 tickets, 4.7 million in revenue, U.S. Um, during the pre-sale, starting on May 2nd. Reached the next day, reached on the 3rd, to 43,000 5.7 mil. And Cinco de Mayo, 60,000 in ticket sales with 7.7 million in revenue. On the 28th of July, prior to any matches being announced, the show had sold 70,400 tickets with a gate of 9 million. The event itself is estimated to break the paid attendance record for a professional wrestling event with a reported 80,846 tickets distributed as of August 18th, overtaking WWE's WrestleMania 32 in 2016, which had the paid attendance of 80,709 not including the two-day collision in Korea in April 1995, which holds the record for largest attended professional wrestling event. As though all those tickets were sold, many of the spectators attended for free. So, if you went to Collision in Korea in 95, you got a free ticket. Awesome. Uh, the expected live gate will, of over $9 million U.S. dollars will additionally break Collision in Korea's day two's record of $8.5 million. Although various WrestleMania events have disputed live gates, and we don't care. But this is a this is like I said uh, many moons ago, the biggest summer in AEW's history. I mean, they've already had Forbidden Door two, and now they're about to have All In this weekend, All Out next weekend. It's gonna be crazy. How they gonna pull that off in a week? But hey, we ball. Looking at the card itself, though, I'm just excited to to know that this is actually taking place. MJF and Adam Cole, CM Punk Samoa Joe, House of Black versus uh, Billy Gunn and the Acclaimed, Will Osprey versus Chris Jericho. I mean, a we're gonna have a stadium stampede match. With Eddie Kingston, Orange Cassidy, and Best Friends taking on uh, in uh, Penta's uh, Penta El Cero Miedo. Or Pentagon Jr., as we like to call him in the realm. Versus uh, Blackpool Combat Club. Santana Ortiz officially making their return. Sting's going to be in freaking in Wembley in a coffin match. We got FTR and the Young Bucks, even though, you know, Cash Wheeler did a thing with the strap, had the blicky on him, you know, all that good shit. But um, this show is just looking to be fantastic. This show is looking to be exponentially that much better than what we think it's going to be on in 24 hours time. I mean, it's going to be going down at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You're going to have lunch and pro wrestling. But for me, you know, living in the Mountain Standard uh, Time Zone... Brunch, <laughs> you feel me? Like it's crazy to think this show is taking place in London, England, in Wembley Stadium. AEW has done; they've done it. At least for this point in time, they have done it. They have not only now become the one of the top companies in at least North America, to now taking their brand international. And the fanfare and the 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 amount of 
you know, received love and support from the AEW faithful in the UK, man. Who gives a shit if they sell out? They've already won. At least in my eyes. Because of the fact that AEW was tapping into the, is now officially tapping into the UK market. Not only are they tapping into the UK market, they're doing Wembley out the gate as their debut show. I mean, if you're going to go big, if you're going to do a debut in the UK, you might as well just pick the biggest stadium in the freaking like region. In the entire fucking country. In the entirety of the United Kingdom itself. You do Wembley. I mean, you could do O2. But. You can do Wembley too. And the the support it received immediately. With the gradual you know, increase in ticket sales and live gate and everything of that nature. It's one of those things where it's like. Holy shit, they're about to make this happen. They're really about to make this happen. And I could not be prouder of them. As an AEW supporter, an AEW, like a person who covered AEW in its beginnings for years, for a couple of years, I think. Um, you know, light the fuse, of course, if y'all know about that. If not, go back and check out my stuff. I had a fucking ball covering AEW every single week the way that I did. It was so much fun. Early days and just seeing them grow and just seeing them become, I mean, not without any nonsense and controversy. And, you know, CM Punk. We're going to talk about that, but for AEW to pull this off and for AEW to actually make it happen and for them to be like, yeah, we here now. We're in the glo- We're international now. The only step now is Japan. Because once AEW does a show in Japan, holy shit, it's going to get real. It's real now. Like we're 24 hours away, more than 24 hours away from this actually happening, this being a thing, this actually taking place for the entire world to see. I could not be prouder of AEW for for making this happen. I could not be prouder of Tony Khan, Cody Rhodes, even though he's WWE now, for being the beginning foundations of the company itself. I could not be prouder of the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Tony Khan, the team that they have there, the talent that they have there, the producers, the agents, all of that. I cannot be prouder of AEW for what they have accomplished so far and what they're about to accomplish tomorrow night. Over there, of course. For us, it'll be afternoon, you know, early, you know, late morning, early afternoon. Might have, some, you know, if you want some tea to go with it, just it feels apropos. Um, but I know the boys at Cultaholic, Wrestle Talk, and all that over in the UK will be having a ball watching this, hopefully. I don't know if they're going to watch it live. But uh, I know they're going to be live streaming if they can't go. And I'm sure it was a very, very tough ticket to get because it's Wembley. Progress taken, they did it. I don't, they, I don't, but they never did big Wembley. Different Wembley. Still, their biggest show, period. But this is a big deal for the UK. And the fact that, you know, as I said it on my IG story... Y'all are going to be eating good. This is literally your Thanksgiving before your Thanksgiving. If y'all do celebrate Thanksgiving in the UK. I know Canada does way before we do. And I'm kind of upset by that. But hey, we, you know, we live. Nonetheless, this is a show I've been wanting to just 
know is taking place. And we have been waiting for a very long time since the beginning, since the announcement of All In. I mean, it feels like a, it feels like years that we've been waiting for All In, even though they announced it months ago. It's one of those feelings. It's here. It's time. Y'all know what time it is because my preview's done now. It is time to do some predictions. And I'm doing it the only way I know how. Yes, sir. Price is Right theme song is back. I couldn't do a prediction show without it. I couldn't do a prediction segment period without it. 11 matches on the card and we finna pick all of them. On the year. So far, by my knowledge of my notes, the record we have going into this event, 67, 14, and 1. Of course, that one being Gable Stevenson and Baron Corbin in a double countout. I have to call that a tie because no one won. Fucking yikes. Anyway, 11 matches to work with. We're going to hit 70. We're going to hit 70. And hopefully, if we do it right, we hit. Well, we won't hit 80. But we'll be close. But at least we'll hit 70 when all is said and done. Let us get into the predictions, of course. Usually Wikipedia has their drawn from bottom to top, but this time they actually have their pre-show matches going first. So I'm going to start with that, make our way to the bottom to the main event. Let us get into it. Now, Aussie Open are going to be defending the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships against Adam Cole and MJF because they won the blind tag Um Blind choice, whatever they called it, blind tag team tournament. By, by winning that, they get a world tag team title shot, and it is going to be against Aussie Open, but it ain't going to happen for them. I'm picking Aussie Open to win. They just won them damn things not too long ago, and I would be a fool to not pick Aussie Open and uh, Mark Davis and Kyle Fletcher retaining the Ring of Honor World Championships because I want to see dissension between Cole and Friedman. And this is your catalyst for doing so for the night's main event. Now, they get a couple hours time to kind of relax, recuperate, have a night, a decent meal. Nothing too heavy, no heavy on the carbs. You know, you still got a main event to work on. We get a poop in, all that's good stuff. And they're going to be in the main event. But I'm picking Aussie Open to retain the ROH World Tag Team titles against Adam Cole and MJF. The pre-show then concludes with the FTW Championship between Jack Perry and the man who he defeated, the man who is now uh, has a one on his loss column because of said man before, Jack Perry. And I'm concerned. I'm confused. But you know what? I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to take a flyer. And I'm going to go with Hook to regain the FTW Championship and being the only man that ever beat him in AEW. Now, will it happen? Probably not. But hey, I love me some Hook. And his Action Bronson theme song to the ring is just absolutely Splendid. Splendid. But yes, I'm going to go with Hook to regain the FTW Championship over Jack Perry. We then get into main card action. For those of you that do not know about the podcast, um, I do pause from time to time because there are some things that are important to say. Regardless of what's going on with Cash Wheeler and his possible, you know, being charged with, you know, an aggravated assault with a, you know, with a firearm in Florida. This is still a match a lot of people, myself included, are really, really looking forward to on this card. It's FTR versus the Bucks 3. Now, beforehand, before this situation that Wheeler is in, my mind was leaning towards FTR retaining the World Tag Team Championship. 
Do I still think that will happen? I do. I'm picking FTR to retain the World Tag Team Championship. I think for the moment, I think for what the moment should be, the Young Bucks can take an L on this one and lose this feud. I think FTR is just that team right now. I think they recently just won those AEW World Tag Team Championships, if I'm not mistaken. Hold on, I can check that real freaking quick. Oh, that's it was about uh, April-ish. Um, see, my thing is, is just like, uh, yeah, I'm going to lean FTR. I'm going to lean on FTR, even though more than likely it may not happen, but I'm leaning FTR to retain the championships. I think they still got a little bit of time to go before, you know, some things happen. But, um, yeah, give me FTR to retain. On this one, I think the Bucks, as much as I know, as much as I think they may win it, I think they don't need it. And it's not really like not a stipulation on the line, like they're, uh, well, when they got their first championship reign, if I'm not mistaken, um, where if they had lost, they would never become get a chance to buy for the championships ever again. And, um, I think right now, FTR should keep the belts. Just gonna put that out there. That's just me. Either way, we continue on. Four-way match for the AEW Women's World Championship. Newly crowned champion Hikaru Shida, Tony Storm, Soraya, and Dr. Britt Baker DMD. This is... For me, I hate four-way matches sometimes because of the fact that... In this case, Shida is more than likely to lose a championship. As much as I hate to say it, you know... This really opens up the opportunity for Sheeta to lose the title. I mean, she's only held it technically for 23 days so far as of, well, yeah, as of today or when I'm, whenever I'm recording this, you know, either way we will. But um, I was quite surprised when she won the championship at Dynamite 200. I was quite surprised. I thought they were going to give Tony Storm a very long reign with that championship, especially after beating Jamie Hayter's, whose title run was 190 days. Um, so I'm thinking in my head, Tony Storm is going to get a solid reign with this belt. The thing that I'm worried about is Soraya and Tony Storm. Of course, they're both in the outcast. And would that create a little bit of dissension between the two? Would Soraya maybe steal the AEW Women's World Championship away, possibly from Tony Storm? Who knows? Either way, it goes, you know, it comes to the outcast, regardless, we're champions, if that's the case. Britt Baker, I don't think, is a factor in this. I think being in this match makes sense because she's been having beef with the outcast for months now. I do think, though, she does losing the belt. I know, I know, three weeks the championship. Oh my god, no. Actually, no. I'm gonna make a call on this. I'm gonna actually pick Sheeta to retain. Because the other three, it just negates everything. You know what I'm saying? What if Storm and Soraya start beefing and start going at it? That takes them out of the equation. Britt Baker, I don't think, is winning this title. If either Storm or Soraya win, it'll be because of the UK pop. And I'm not going to lie. And it's going to be still a dope moment. And the thought of Soraya actually becoming AEW Women's World Champion in the UK just sounds kind of sexy. But, um, of course, y'all know I am just a man... I am merely just a man. 
Story of Five, we notice. And Tony Storm is just a... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Blessed to be. Anywho, Juice Robinson, we love you, man. Um, <laughs> but, with that being said, Hikaru Shida, I think, I think she's going to retain. I think she's going to retain. It would be foolish of me to think not, but... This is why I hate four matches because if anything can happen and the next thing you know, yeah. But I'm going to go with Shida to retain, but I wouldn't be surprised if Soraya or Storm won the championship for the Outcast. Possible nefarious means, but hey, we won't. We head into a tag team coffin match. Darby Allen and Sting taking on the team of Swerve Strickland and the newest member, I believe, of the Mogul Embassy or nah, I haven't figured it out yet. But it's supposed to be Swerve Strickland and AR Fox, but then Strickland fired Fox from the Mogul Embassy and brought in Christian Cage. Either way, as long as we would sue Prince uh, Prince Nana due to uh, the thing he was doing on Twitter, he was just bobbing his arms back and forth, I'm good with it. Sting in Wembley, though. Sting in Wembley is, 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 is kind of dope. Sting gonna be competing at 50-something years old in Wembley. I don't know when he, if he ever competed in Wembley. But if it ain't, if this is his first, it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be a good time for all, all parties involved. I'm gonna go with Darby Allen and Sting to win this matchup because it just makes sense for me. If Strickland and Cage somehow defeat Darby Allen and Sting in a coffin match, UK will give them hell forever. So that's why I'm going with Allen and Sting because we want the UK pop. The Golden Elite, the team of Kota Ibushi, Kenny Omega, and Hangman Page take on the team of Konosuke Takesta and Bullet Club Golds, Juice Robinson, and Jay Waito. I'm going with the Golden Elite to win because it just makes sense. We already know these six men are going to go insane on this joint. Ibushi, Omega, and Page are just going to go ape shit. Robinson, Waito, and Takeshi are just going to go bonkers. It's just going to be hell on earth. It's going to be a car crash. And in the end, I think the Golden Elite are going to get this victory. Because for the longest time... Oh, wait. There's a thing called Don Callis that might be involved with this. So don't be surprised if Callis gets involved. Especially when it comes to screwing over Omega, his boy, for the longest time. But I think Omega and his squadron get the last laugh and beat Bullet Club Gold in Wembley. Stadium Stampede match. Kingston, Cassidy, Taylor, Beretta, and Pentagon Jr. Taking on Blackpool Combat Club and the returning Santana and Ortiz. This is just going to be a nuts, just a nut house of a matchup. Stadium Stampede. Now, usually with All Out, they would do it. If they did it in Jacksonville, they would just fight on the field. All, all parties involved, all good things, happiness. They're just going to do it in Wembley and just go ape shit. No rules, just right. Outback Steakhouse. Um, I have a strange feeling that BCC and Santana and Ortiz are going to get this victory. As much as I would love to see these uh, Pentagon, Best Friends, Orange Cassidy, and Eddie Kingston get the win, I think BCC and Santana and Ortiz get the dub. I think it would just... It's just going to be insane nonetheless. If they give Eddie Kingston the, the pain over Moxley, I would be shocked a bit. Um, 
as a person who's not gonna who's not gonna be doing a review on this more than likely um you know i still you know want to know that this match was crazy enough to be considered a stadium stampede but i'm going with bcc santino and ortiz to get the dub I, i'm just running with that because i'm i just i just you know for me it just makes sense but we continue on I don't think I'm going to need some music for the rest of these. For the last four. Will Ospreay recently, on a podcast, I believe, talked about him not being at the first All-In. I believe he stated that Cody Rhodes, had, uh, he met up with Cody Rhodes one uh, a while back and asked him, you know, we could, where were you, you know, no, we could have used you at all in, man. It would have been crazy. And Osprey just said, You never asked. Osprey is here now. And he's going to be facing Chris Jericho in Wembley. If Osprey does not get the victory here, I will be shocked. I think Chris Jericho will do right by Osprey and, and let the man get his dub. In the UK. I think, I mean, current IWGP United Kingdom heavyweight champion, by the way. Changing over the US championship. Wonderful play on his end. Clever boy. You clever boy. Plus, you're dating Alec Windsor. I ain't mad at your play. Osprey's got to get this dub. I think he deserves it. I think for someone the talent of Osprey and the talent of Jericho, I think Osprey just gets the dub here. Chris Jericho winning wouldn't wouldn't be a bad thing, but I think for the UK squadron, let's get some let's get some love for the Osprey for for the UK and give him that dub. It just would be right. Now CM Punk and Samoa Joe. CM Punk and Samoa Joe goes way back for me. A feud. The likes that we'll never see again in Ring of Honor. It is something special. These two. These two are going to, you know, they're going to show up and show out. It's hard to call this one. For me personally. Would I be surprised if Samoa Joe became the quote-unquote, real-world champion? No. Do I think he is? Unfortunately, I am going with CM Punk to retain the real-world championship because I think CM Punk, MJF, is going to come back into the fold sometime soon. Who knows? Maybe. We never know. That, of course, people are still clamoring for that. I wouldn't mind that. Y'all know how I do. But I'm going to go with CM Punk get the W here and retain the so-called real world championship. We'll see how that works. But I think it's going to be a solid, solid match that a lot of people are going to be happy with. And I think it's one of those matches where... Why not, right? It It just seems right. It just seems right for this match to happen. It really does. 
UK is gonna go. Oh man, y'all are y'all are gonna be eating so good this weekend. Y'all are gonna be eating so well, and I'm not even mad at y'all one bit. The AEW World Trios Championship, House of Black, Billy Gunn and the Acclaimed. Billy Gunn, we thought the man was retiring from the sport, but came back not too long ago to be with his uh, scissoring buddies once again. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That sounds so messed up. I will be a fool to think that the acclaimed and daddy ass are not going to walk into Wembley Stadium and walk out without becoming the new World Trios champions. I would it would just be the right moment. And I know the UK will be behind the acclaimed like a motherfucker. Now we know Malachi Black has ties to the UK, you know, wrestling scene. Of course, he was Tommy N back in the day, and he was a beast in progress and everywhere else he went in the UK. But I think on Sunday, Billy Gunn and the acclaimed get one of the loudest pops of the night before the bell rings. And after the bell rings, I see these three becoming the new World Trios champions. And I think it's going to be a great moment for all three of them. Even if it's a short reign, you know, why not? It's awesome. I think it would be a great moment for the Acclaimed and Billy Gunn and something of that nature. It's, I think it's just going to be a great moment for them. House of Black, of course, have been champions for... will be, will be 172 days going into All In. And I think that reign for them, unfortunately, ends... At the hands of Billy Gunn and the Acclaim. Plus, I know the rap from fucking Max Caster is going to be bonkers in the UK. He's got to put out his best eight bars for this. Just saying, his best eight ever. Like, this ain't no pussyfoot and John right here. This is Wembley, bruv. This is Wembley, bruv. You'd be mad to have those eight bars in Wembley, bruv. Just saying. But that will just go in, that will just lead into the title win that they rightfully fucking deserve. Take with that what you will. But I'm going with Billy Gunn, the acclaimed, to take the titles from the House of Black. Finally, finally, MJF versus Adam Cole. Baby. Me personally, this is just a lovely feud. A bromance, the likes of Jericho and MJF, I guess. For both men, this is a this is a really their stories are completely different in terms of their movements in AEW. But they lead to the main event of all in. Of course, the first all-in MJF was in the opening segment, the opening matchup, the first match ever of all-in. Now he's in the main event. I could not be more proud of the man. The man has busted his ass to be in the position that he is right now. By my account, MJF has been world champion. What will be 278 days, the third 
longest reign in AEW's history behind Kenny Omega at 346 and Moxley being a dick and having 347. Oh, that's combined reigns. Oh, no. Wait. Time out. Wait. Yeah, that's combined reigns. So in his only first reign, he's already pretty much third all time. Which is insane to me. Passing Paige, Jericho, and Punk. He's already passed those three. That's crazy. Now, in terms of who I am choosing to either retain or become the new... For some reason within me, as much as I would love to see Adam Cole become the seventh AEW World Champion, I don't think MJF's reign of terror is done yet. I really don't think so. And I'm okay with that. Now, a lot of people are thinking that Cole's going to be the one to turn on MJF. Or Cole's going to do some nefarious shit to MJF. I say nay-nay. I say, I say, have we forgotten who the fuck Maxwell Jacob Friedman is? Did you, did we forget what he did to Cody Rhodes? Unless we forget what he did to CM Punk prior to their dog collar match. MJF, I have some strange, funny feeling, and it's not because I'm hungry. That he would do some nefarious shit to keep that world championship. At the end of the day, yes, Adam Cole is, is uh his boy, homies. They have one of the better tag team names in the industry, period. Better than you, baby, which is... And the mashup sensation. The mashup, the mashup is fantastic. It, it, just, it just makes sense. It just goes hard. But it's MJF. At the end of the day, if you all don't think he's going to do some nefarious shit to ensure that that world title stays around his waist, the Burb- the big Burberry belt, come on, fam. Y'all forgot who MJF is. I haven't. MJF retains. If Cole wins now, I'll be sh- I won't be sh- as shocked because it's Adam Cole. Baby. But I think Cole's going to get screwed over. By M- one MJF. He's going to do some little cheat to win shit. Now, I'm, now I'm thinking it's like it's going to hit him with a dynamite diamond that he had. He's got two of them things. Um, but I would be a fool to think Cole wasn't going to walk in and not walk out. Because he ain't I'm going with MJF. Again, I won't be as shocked if Adam Cole becomes champion, but I think right now for what they, what AEW has in MJF, they would be fools to drop that belt off of the waist of MJF. And ladies and gentlemen, that's going to conclude episode 376 of the YLP podcast. When we come back, close the show in proper YLP fashion, get you guys ready for episode 377 of the YLP podcast. We'll be right back. guys that's gonna be it for episode 376 of the ylp podcast as always i want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day your night your afternoon and your evening wherever you may be wherever you are in 
the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or opinions about today's episode or any of the other 375 episodes of the YLP podcast, do not hesitate to hit your boy up with a voice message over at podcasters.spotify.com slash young lions perspective or at podcasters.spotify.com slash wrestle addict radio you can also send your love over to ambiguous podcast solutions.com founded by of course the one the only mr willie see him show will care shook shout out to will to one time as being the founder of aps you can also uh make your voice heard of course, with an email, you can email me over at younglionsperspective at gmail.com. Let me know what you thought about today's episode, about Terry Funk, your thoughts on Bray Wyatt, everything that I talked about in with the all-in preview and predictions, all that good stuff. Let your voice be heard. Let the dialogue begin. You can also find this podcast, of course, on, of course, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox FM, Outcast, Radio Public, all that good stuff, and everywhere else you listen to podcast next week there will not be a review of AEW All In I'm not going to be watching this live okay so letting y'all know that right now there will be no AEW review for this because I will not be watching it other things to attend to all that good stuff but um when I do watch it I'll get let you of course let you guys know um my thoughts on the show and all that good stuff but I'm really hoping that they put on a an amazing show that the UK fans deserve that is worthy of being their first ever show in Wembley in the UK all that good stuff well nothing but the best for them because they deserve it and it is a well deserved moment for AEW to have this moment in time knowing that we are 24 hours away from all in it is going to be an amazing event I know it's going to be an amazing event I don't even have to watch it um but it is going to be a fantastic event for all parties involved and I cannot wait to see what the reaction is to this show just can't get, 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 you feel good you get excited for it you feel it in your belly I know my boy uh, Jermaine over across the pond is going to be excited for this one as well um, yeah man this is this is for y'all this is for the UK this is for London you know this is for y'all eat well let this buffet just serve you well you know what I'm saying but we will be back, though, with all the news that's fit for me to talk about in a brand new episode of the News of the Week. Should be a good time. We'll talk about all the news, anything that comes out of all in, all of those news. We'll talk about that as much as we humanly can within the confines of time, because time be time. Nonetheless, guys, enjoy the remainder of your weekend. Enjoy all in if you're going to be watching it live. I know you guys will be on the Twitters and the Instagrams and all that stuff watching the show. man. It, I already know it's going to be great and we should all enjoy it for everything that it is enjoy the show enjoy all that good stuff have a great weekend enjoy the remainder of your weekend enjoy your week have a fantastic weekend i'll see you guys right back here next saturday for the first september show episode 377 of the y l p podcast see ya rest in peace terry funk rest in peace Wyndham rotunda This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.